It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It does not envy or boast. It is not proud, rude, self-seeking, easily angered, and keeps no record of wrongs. It is patient, kind, it always protects, trusts, hopes, it always perseveres. This is God's love, a love worth fighting for. is called This Means War, and this is actually the final message in our First Timothy. Hey, what's up, guys? Y'all don't get to come in here much. Good to see y'all. Hey, y'all pray for on that note. That's, that was just like a <laughs> left-hand turn, but just coming off of that Terry Cornway of the Week thing, man, that, do, that dude does work hard, and uh, I saw Travis and Holly over here. Um, what made me just take a sidetrack here? They don't ever get to come in here. You've got uh, a handful of people back here, a good many people that they don't ever get to come in here, hardly ever, because they're working hard for your kids, um, setting things up, uh, taking care of things back here. We're still pushing and driving for more Kidwell workers and volunteers. We'd like to get those guys set up on a rotation so they can come in here. So um, I took that side sidetrack right there just so you can know there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And just uh, pray and, and thank God for those guys, because without them, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Today's message is called This Means War. And I've got a lot of friends here at the well. I've got a lot of a lot of compadres here at the well, a lot of family, a lot of brothers and sisters who are doing war with me every day. Today's sermon is about going to war in such a way that we could defeat the enemy. Not necessarily us defeat the enemy, because if you've ever heard me preach, you'll know that there's nothing, there's nothing that we can offer Christ, there's nothing that we can offer God that he doesn't already have. But he's looking to empower people in order to gain ground in the kingdom, in order to bring about what he's already predestined, what, 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 what he's already brought about to be the, the, the plan of God, the will of God. It cannot be put aside, but he's calling for you. He's calling for you today to step up and step out even in a greater way. The scripture today is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 through 21. 1 Timothy 6, 11 through 21, if you want to go ahead and go there with me. Today we're going to talk about war. We're going to talk about entering in to the good fight. Let's pray. Jesus, I, I pray that you would be with us in a special way this morning, that you would empower the words, that you would empower the ears to be able to hear. God, that you would put aside any agendas that any of us may have, whether we're a part of the church already, whether we're visiting, 
whether we're speaking, whether we're listening, it doesn't matter. What, what matters is you. Jesus, I pray that we would all lay aside everything that hinders us and everything that we continually go back to in order to knock us down in our relationship with you and our understanding of reality. Please, God, come and be with us this morning. Continue to be with us this morning. Help us to understand. Help us to do what you have called us to do. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're in the scripture this morning, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 through 21. You can follow along with me. I'm going to read the scripture, then we'll go back through. We'll break it down a little bit. Excited about this morning. Verse 11 says, but as for you, but as for you. Now, since there's a big butt in front, I like big butts, and I cannot lie. So I want to tell you about this butt right here. Sorry, baby doll. <laughs> you know, I had to break the tension here. I'm feeling a little rough. Y'all feeling a little rough? Let's just go ahead and have a little laugh and have a little fun. It's okay. It's okay. You other brothers can't deny. No, nah, I won't even do that. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's okay to laugh. Some of y'all are like, can he say that? He just did. <laughs> oh, that feels good, doesn't it? Laughter is medicine. This big butt right here is a good butt. When we start to talk about the scriptures and we start to look, I've had many people talk to me and ask me and say, how do you study the scriptures? How do you look into the scriptures? And, and you know, there's a variety of ways. I try to just get in and let God speak to me. I read lots of commentaries. I, I read lots of books. I try to read lots of books. I, I don't have as much time as... I'd like to. Um, one day maybe I could be full-time pastor at the well, and that would be awesome. I'd have more time freed up to do what God has called me to do. But for now, I get in as much as I can to commentaries. I look at words like this. I look at words like but. I look at words like if or for or since, therefore. I look at these kinds of words. Those are really good key words. They're small words. But they help you to make connections and passages, and they help you to make Make it, make it better to understand and better to relate to your life. And so we look at this one and, and we say, well, what is he talking about? Because the but uh, seems to contrast something. It seems to draw out some contrast between what he just said and what he's saying now or is about to say. And this one here, if you remember last week, we talked about, uh, we talked about believing rightly. We talked about following correct doctrine. We talked about living humbly and not thinking that it's all about you. Me not thinking that it's all about me, but we live according to uh, the doctrines of Jesus Christ and the good news that we've heard of Jesus Christ and, and the gospel that is at hand which says it's not about you, but there's something greater than you that if you will fall in behind it, it doesn't take away, but it actually brings you to the place where you need to be. You can't be the real you without him. Is that simple enough? You can't be the real you without him. And so what this is saying is, is that what we don't need to be is wrapped up in ourselves, wrapped up in false doctrine, wrapped up in all of these ideas that we need to do this and we need to do that in order to preserve ourselves or in order to promote ourselves. We need to be concerned about the things of God. So he's saying, don't do all of this, but do this. But as for you, but as for you, O man of God, and we could in this context insert and make connections people of God he's speaking to Timothy but we can make these parallels here but as for you people of God but as for you old man of God flee these things pursue righteousness godliness faith love steadfast steadfastness gentleness fight the good fight of the faith take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses 
I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look into that a little bit deeper too because I just, when I was reading this for the first time, another little side note here to help you understand the scriptures as you read through. When things jump out at you and sound odd, make a note. Because to me, as Paul is saying, fight the good fight, pursue, pursue him, pursue him, pursue him, flee from sin, pursue Jesus, fight the good fight, take hold of the eternal life until he appears. Until he appears. Why wouldn't he just say, continue on, just keep on doing it? When he's here, when he's not, why would he say, until he appears? Did you catch it? It was kind of quick there. Until, so we stop those things when he appears. That's what it appears to say. Just continue. We're going to look at that. To keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are not, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Oh, Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the, from the faith. Grace be with you. May God... God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. As we get in this morning, I want to talk to you a little, about, a little bit about going to war, a little bit about waging war, a little, about, a little bit about fighting the good fight and what that looks like, what it looks like if you're tired, if you're sick, what it looks like if you're on the mountaintop, what it looks like if you're feeling the victory or you're feeling defeated, what it looks like in every aspect of Life, because what I don't want you to come out of here thinking is, is that as long as everything good, as long as I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing, then life will be good for me. As long as I'm fighting the good fight, then Jesus will take care of my every little need, and it'll be a, a, a little sweet bowl of cherries. My life will be awesome, and it'll just be gravy, baby, because that's not true. As Laura was talking earlier, and I didn't know you guys were going to do that song, Pursue, Pursuing His, Pursuing His Presence. I, today is all about the pursuit of Jesus Christ. The pursuit of Jesus, even when both your legs are broken. Because it ain't always pretty. It ain't always good. But sometimes it is. And you know, even sometimes when we are financially blessed, or when we are materialistically blessed or physically blessed, sometimes those are the biggest curses in our life. Why? Because as we talked about last week, oftentimes it's not until the storm rages that you're looking for a Savior. This morning I want to talk to you about three truths of every great army. Three truths of every great army. Three truths. The first one is 
Every great army is made of individuals. Every great army is made of individuals. You see, the fact of the matter is, when we hear of great armies which are, are, are winning every battle, they're going to war and they, they take no prisoners and, and, and they're, they're victorious, they conquer lands and, and they do all of these things, whether it be good or bad, what we think of when we think about that is a great big blob of an army. This bad boy is moving. This army is conquering. This army can't de be defeated. This army is strong. This army is overwhelming. And we, we tend to think of it in terms of this giant body that is moving in this direction, wiping out everything in its path, whether good or bad. But what we have to realize is, is that every great army is made of individuals. It's made of individuals. You say, what does that have to do with the scripture? Let me show you. It says, but as for you, but as for you, O man of God, and let me say, but as for you, O woman of God, flee these things. You see, we can talk about God's people all we want to. We can talk about the church all we want to. And we can say, oh, the well's moving over there. Oh, oh, this church over there, they're moving. Oh, this church is doing great things. New Springs huge over here. All these churches are doing these great things. What are you doing? You see, you are a part of the church. You are an individual that is an, an essential part of that church. And we keep saying that Jesus doesn't need us, but he wants us. And that's very true. But you know what? He may not have to have you to do what he's going to do, but you have to have him to do anything significant in your life. You cannot be somebody until you know the one somebody. Amen? Every, every great army may, may make great moves and they may devastate in amazing ways. But if it wasn't for the individuals that made up that army, they wouldn't do a single thing. You are necessary for this church. We need you to step up. God is calling you to step out. And it doesn't matter if it's this church. I don't want you to think I'm just trying to pump the well because I'm not. Hey, listen, I really do try to be kingdom-minded. You can come in here, and I'll train you up, and you can go down the road to the next church. Just work where you go. It ain't about the well. It ain't about first. It ain't about Fairview. It ain't about none of that. It's about Jesus Christ. And I mean that when I say that. It's about you getting down with God. And getting up with other people and sharing the gospel. It's time for us to go to war. Every great army is made of individuals. It says, but as for you, O man of God, but as for you, O woman of God, flee these things. Flee these things. What is that talking about there when he says these things? Here's another one of those words. When he says flee these things, what is the these referring to? We have to go back and we have to look at the section right before that, which we looked at last week, and you paid attention, so we don't have to do all of that, right? What he's talking about is fleeing the love of money, fleeing uh, a silly talk and, and wrong doctrine, fleeing puffed up and, and pride and arrogance. You got to get away from that stuff. You got to put it down. So many of the new churches that are similar to us, and this is the trend, because you want people to come in all the time, please come to my church. We need lots of people. Please come to my church. That we sometimes, we, are, we will steer away from commanding people to be obedient 
to God. But I will not steer away because obedience to God is essential for your life. It is essential for your power. Is it essential for your effectiveness? Now let me explain what I mean. He goes on here to say, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. And he continues. Let me go ahead and make a connection here for you that is so essential for you that I can't even explain it. I'm trying to grab it myself, been trying to grasp it for years. Continually, over and over and over and over again, I hear people say, don't do bad things, do good things. Stop sinning, start obeying. But what does that look like? Because I'm here to tell you right now that there is no power in and of yourself that you could stop or be victorious over sin. Paul, the Apostle Paul, says, what in the world is going on inside of me? I find then that there is a law of sin in my members, and it is whooping my tail. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. You ever been there and done that? I shouldn't be doing this sin, but now I am. I don't want to do this thing that I'm doing right now. Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, who wrote more New Testament than anybody else, says that this law, is a, this sin is a law in me. It is a law in me. I can't get away from it. I can't outrun it. I can't overcome it. I can't defeat it. Who then shall set me free from this body of death? Thanks be to God in Jesus Christ. You want to be set free from sin? You want to wage war on sin? You want to kill the flesh? You want to be more righteous? You want to be more powerful? You want to be effective for the kingdom? Then what you got to do is you got to overcome sin. It's not in you. So the way you overcome sin is to press in to the one who's already defeated sin. Amen? Jesus Christ said on the cross, it is finished. We can follow that right here in this text. It says, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. You see, fleeing sin is the exact same thing as pursuing righteousness. They're not two different things. He's not saying flee sin, then pursue righteousness. It can't work that way. There is no lukewarm. Everybody's like, He's riding the fence. There is no lukewarm. There's hot or there's cold. You're either a friend of God, part of the kingdom, a warrior for Christ, or you're a warrior for Satan. Where are you at? You are waging war. Who are you fighting for is the only question that remains. You are waging war who are you fighting for? You see, to flee sin is to pursue righteousness. That, that, e that, equates, that, that equals symbol right there in the middle. If you had flee equals pursue righteousness, that equal sign would be repentance. As you repent, as you repent from sin, you turn towards Christ. It is one and the same action. 
Turn away from your sin. You want to know how to overcome sin? You can't just, you can't just beat it. You've got to turn towards Jesus Christ. You've got to press into him. You've got to see him. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. <clears throat> he goes on to make it personal. He says, but as for you, remember, we're, we're talking about individuals here. O oh, man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You see, there's a lot of talk in our culture. There's a lot of talk going on, but I don't, I don't see a lot of throwing down. There's a lot of talk going on. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I believe. Jesus Christ, yeah, I'm down with him. But then we go right off the next day. Sunday morning, yeah, I'm down with Jesus. Monday morning, I'm down with whatever. You can't say it, brother. You got to do it. And I'm in the same boat with you. I'm standing up here telling you, you got to pursue Christ. You got to believe. You got to get in the Word. I got to do it tomorrow, too. I got to find time in my work schedule. I got to find time as I, I love on my kids and I love my wife. I got, a time, I got a fine time to make Jesus Christ number one. I got a fine time to pursue him. I got, a, I got a fine time to throw hands with anything that gets in the way of my relationship with Jesus Christ. And you do too. This is a war. You think this is easy? <laughs> you thought faith was easy? Oh, believe in Jesus and you'll get everything you want. Welcome to the real show. You see, it says, fight the good fight of the faith. Faith is a fight. Like we talked about last week, there's everything in the world coming against you to try to change the way that you believe about the way that you believe about reality. There are lies coming one right after the other. You're lying to yourself. Everybody around you is lying to you. Everybody, everything you see on advertising is lying to you. The TV's lying to you. Right here is the only truth I've ever found. Right here is the only truth I've ever found. You think that's an extreme statement? And the only other so-called truths out there, if they are true, is only because they've been tested by this. This is an offensive attack. It says you are to enter into this fight moving forward. You are to pursue. He says here, flee, pursue, fight, take hold. Flee, pursue, fight, take hold. You see, God is the one who's coming after you. He's relentless after you, after you, after you. But as he put the staff in Moses' hands, so he's holding out life for you. Do you take it or stand there and look at him like he's crazy? Do you think the staff just floated around Moses and, and did what it's, you know, what did he say? He said, take the staff and throw it on the ground. He had to have the staff in his hand. You're going to have to do some things. You're going to have to put off some things that you think are very important so that you can pursue Jesus Christ if you want to have a part in this war. Flee, pursue, fight, take hold, take hold. The second point is, is that every great army has a great general. Every great army has a great general. Without great leadership, without a, a triumphant general, without the commander-in-chief out front providing the vision, providing the, the plan, providing the power, providing the confidence, providing that, that extra effort 
providing that thing that you need, we all fall apart, we crumble, and we turn inward on each other, and we devastate and kill each other. Every great army has a great general. Let me read about our general. <clears throat> Verse 13, I charge you in the presence of God. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ which he will display at the proper time. Listen to this. He who is blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion forever. <clears throat> Every great army has a great general. And every great soldier understands how to tap in to their general. You see, unless you hear from him and obey him, then you are left fighting alone in the midst of a great army. This actually, this, you see, God's truth is just true. God's truth is just true. I don't, I don't care who you are in the room. If you disbelieve this, then you're just wrong. If you disbelieve that Jesus is God, then you're just wrong. Is that too hard to say? I don't, I don't think so. Jesus Christ is right in discussion. Truth is truth across the board. And we can talk about that philosophically, logically. Come see me afterwards because I will show you that truth is truth. I don't care if you believe it or if I believe it. Truth is truth. So this truth extends across time. It, it extends across cultures. It extends across everything that we know. And I'll show you how I know that. One, one way that I know that. Every great army has a great leader. And, and every great movement of several individuals together has a great leader. I coach my son's, help coach my son's little league football team. And this is first and second graders. Put the sub point up because this is going to help it make sense. Obedience is crucial, for power is lost through disobedience. All right, we're on the line. We're trying to figure out who's a lineman and who's a quarterback, who's on defense and who's on offense. I coach defense for my son's team. So I try to tell them which direction to go, what to do, and how to do it. If they will listen, we get to play smash-mouth football. And somebody gets tackled. And I'm going, you know what I mean, you hear my voice? You know why my voice is like this? It's because we had the Polk County Landrum game on Friday night. Okay, congratulations, Polk. I'm not, that's all I'm going to say. And I had my son's Little League football game Saturday morning. Who was there at the Polk Landrum game? Did you hear your preacher get loud? You ought to heard me on Saturday morning. <laughs> if they will listen we could be victorious but they have a hard time listening and when these little guys come out I've got linemen lined up as, as linebackers and I've got linemen lined up as safeties and I'm like what are you doing and they're like I'm playing football <laughs> no you're not <laughs> the 
this over here. And they'll run in and they'll say, now I coach defense. They'll run in and, and the safety who's this big will run in on the line. He's like, who do I block? We're on defense. Get out there. I'll block him. I'll block him right now. Great. Do that when you're on offense. I have people come and talk to me sometimes, and they'll say, they'll say, Brandon, I don't understand what's going on in my life. I feel defeated. And you know what? Let me, let me back up a second. I'll go ahead and admit to you that I do this. I, I, hope, I hope that you don't ever get the image. You know, a lot of times, preachers, without even knowing it, will put off this persona like, I've got this figured out. Now let me tell you about it, you know. And they'll stand with their cape flapping in the wind. But let me go ahead and destroy that right now because I'm telling you, like, last week was a struggle for me because I was just exhausted. You know, we played four games. Well, this week I'm not, I'm a little exhausted, but uh, my, I'm feeling like I'm getting a little sick. And I was telling Heather last night, I was like, man, what's going on? I feel okay. I'm about to go in there tomorrow morning. I got to preach, you know. And Heather's like, you can't be exhausted every week when you go in there. And I'm like, well, I just am, I am what I am. And that's what I am, you know. Um. Hopefully, I'll slow down a little bit next week. But, you know, sometimes I get to the place where, where I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what to do. I, I, I just feel weak. You ever, you ever feel weak? You, ever, you know, this, this will hit home with some of you, is that you ever, some of you who have been going to church for a long time, okay? Some of you in here went to church a little bit off and on, and, and this is the first time you've ever really gone to church. But some of you in here have come from other churches or whatever, you know, you felt God calling you to make a change. How many of you have ever been in church for a really long time only to find that you've, you've to admit it, if you will admit it, you've become stale? And you've just been kind of thinking, I've been going through the motions. I don't want nobody to know it. I don't want nobody to look at me too hard because they might see I'm like a stale cracker. You ever had a stale cracker that doesn't break at bins? You ever want to eat that? Nasty. And we don't want to admit that. I'm going to go ahead and just lay it straight for you. I get that way sometimes, and I'm a preacher. I get, I get sometimes where, you know, I get down on myself, I get to beat myself up, and, and sometimes, sometimes it's just because I'm tired, but sometimes it's because I have been disobedient in the Scriptures. And I'm going to tell you right now that if you're not listening to the general, if you're not feeling his commands, if you're not in tune with him and marching to the right beat, if you get out of rhythm and everybody else is marching in one direction and they're following the general and the general is moving and he's making progress and he's killing the enemy, if you get out of sync with him, if you disobey, if you get out of marching orders, if you get out of line, then you're stuck out there all by yourself and that's why you feel that way. That's why I feel that way real simple solution to that is to get on your face before God now it might be it might not be easy but it's simple I can tell you what to do the trick is doing it the trick for me is doing it you know I got everybody pulling at me from a hundred different directions and a lot of people that I'm trying to take care of and please and do all these things we all better learn how to say no sometimes and we all better learn how to say Jesus is more important than that even though that may be a good or a great thing, it's not as good as Jesus. Amen? Let's all continue to grow and fight that good right.
uh, fight. Obedience is crucial, for power is lost through disobedience. You get out of sync with him, you're done for. Uh, here at the end, <coughs> I've got another sub-point in here that says, why does Paul say, until the appearing? <coughs> why does Paul say, until the appearing? <coughs> Down here at the end he says, but avoid irreverent babble. Um, it says down here, it says, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in the testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandments unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until you need to fight, you need to pursue, you need to go hard until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now there is some debate about what this actually means and um, uh, this, is where, this is what God spoke to me, this is where I landed. It says, fight the good fight until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hang on until Jesus gets here till the end. Don't just hang on and hope, but you hang on to what you've been told. You get after it until Jesus Christ comes back. You live every day as if it's your last. You get after it like you've never gotten after anything before in your life. And what this is, is not war against flesh and blood, but it is war against spiritual powers and principalities and things that are rising up against you. You go to war against those things. You get on your face in the presence of Jesus Christ. You get on your face asking him for wisdom and mercy and power. You go hard. You go hard or you go home. We're looking for warriors in here. We're looking for those who are not scared to get beat up. We're looking for those who are not afraid to wage war on their knees. Jesus Christ is worth it. And in my opinion, when he says until the appearing, the reason that he says that is, is that when he appears, when we finally see him with our eyes, we won't fight him. When we see him, when we hear his voice, we will know it. And we will stand with him on the clouds in victory. When we finally see him, there will be no more fight. It will be only victory. How does that sound? No more fight, only victory. No more pain, only victory. No more sorrow, only victory. No more struggle, only victory. No more tension, no more awkward, no more none of that. Victory. The last, the last section here is, is my favorite because we need to take this sermon and we need to make it very practical in our lives. We need to ask the question, okay, so what does this mean for me? I, I am struggling like you've been talking about, Brandon. I am struggling with some things in my life. I'm have, maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you're saying, I, I'm, I've not got anything wrong going on in my life right now, but it scares me. Because I'm so comfortable with all of my goods, with all of my money, that I'm worried that I'm not pursuing Christ. The text says, until his appearing, which he will display at the proper time, he who is blessed and the only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. You're saying, I'm, I'm afraid that I've lost sight of this powerful king. 
of Jesus whose arms are stretched wide on the cross for me because of me I can't see him brethren I can't see him I can't feel him lower these lights down please I can't I can't I can't see what it is that I'm following I've lost sight of the general and I feel like I'm I, I've detoured all, off away from my, my, my fellow warriors and my fellow soldiers and now I'm, I'm marching through some kind of thick marsh and I'm all alone and it's nighttime outside and I don't know what's going on he says as for the rich in this present age charge them not to be haughty not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy you see we oftentimes get blinded by the good stuff in life the good stuff in life and we minister to the poor heavily here at the well but you know blessed are the poor for they don't have the obstacles in their way you might say yeah right I've had several guys tell me say I don't know whoever said money that can't buy happiness they ain't never been broke well, I'll tell you one thing money can buy and money's not all bad I know some people who are wealthy who do good with their money that's fine but I'll tell you what money's really quick to buy burdens money's really quick to buy sorrow money's really quick to buy slavery money is really quick to buy your time the more money you got the more money you need the more money you need the more you have to give up your time he says they are to do good to be rich in good works to be generous and ready to share thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life don't you see it's not a worthy trade to give away Christ for your money but it's worth every dime to give away your money to get Jesus how many of you hold it and cling to your money cling to your money with all of your might until your, until your fingernails are white won't let it go and you won't let go of the time and you won't let go of what you've got because you are afraid because you're afraid it is your security it is what you need it is what you have to have but Jesus is saying if it's what you have to have then it's what you will get you don't need money you need Jesus and it ain't just about money you don't need approval you need Jesus you don't need comfort. You need Jesus. You don't need anything. You have to have Jesus. I have to have Jesus. I'm going to quit. I have to have Jesus or I'm going to die. I have to have Jesus or it's not worth it. He ends it off by telling Timothy. He says, Oh, Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Guard the deposit trusted in you. Don't you understand that on the cross, the, the, the most magnificent price was paid? And God reached into the depths of his pockets to count out an eternal bill. And he laid it all on the line. And all the gold and all the houses and all the banks and all the silver in the world wouldn't have bought him. He says, oh, Timothy, guard the deposit that has been placed into you. 
and avoid all this other mess and all this garbage. Guard it. Fight. Put your hands up. Guard it. How many of you just let your faith go? How often do I just let it skipper away? And I don't chase it down and get it in my face and get in the dirt, get in the tall weeds to try to find it. To go into the deep woods in search at night without a flashlight. How many of you are scared right now because you don't know where your faith went? Finally, we, we have to guard the deposit like Jesus guarded the deposit. I'm going to read you this scripture and we're going to have an invitation. And I've about lost my voice. I've about lost everything that I have. I'm glad to lose it again if one of you today will come and lay your burdens down at the cross and pick up the sword. Let's fight together. There was a part in a, in a movie. You see, it's not going to be easy. If you thought it was going to be easy, I'm sorry. It will be bearable. And it will be worth it. But it won't always be easy. One part of this particular movie, this small group of soldiers were coming up against a, a massive army. And it looked like there was no hope of victory. No hope of victory. But their leader was so strong that even if they died, it would be a victory. Don't you understand? To die for Christ is gain. Jesus is worth it all. If they kill you, they kill you. A moment in this movie which took me back to Jesus Christ. The enemy was there massive as far as the eye could see they're all around you as far as the eye could see and the general was standing with his army behind him facing the enemy and the spokesman of the enemy said you don't get it you have no chance when we come and when our soldiers release the arrows they will darken the sky and the general says we will fight in the shade. We will fight in the shade. They may be massive as we all stand to our feet. Your enemies surround you there at your, your table. It seems as if, it seems as if there's nowhere to go. But as you stay focused on the enemy, and as you see him more clearly, as his appearing becomes more evident, as you see him, you can hold on to him. And we can guard the deposit that's been given to us like he guarded his deposit. Listen to John 6, 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I'm talking to somebody here today. I'm talking to you. You know who you are. And you're saying, I can't fight because I'm weary, I'm hungry, I'm, I have no energy. I'm so thirsty, I'm parched, I'm dry. 
I feel like I need to give up. You can't give up. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me, they will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me. Let me tell you what the will is of God who sent Christ. That I should lose nothing. That I should lose nothing of all that he has given to me, but raise it up on the last day. He will guard his deposit. He will not be defeated. It will not be taken. Do you know what his deposit is? Do you know what's been given to him? Do you know what's been entrusted to him to the last day? Do you know what he's fighting for? Do you know what he's throwing hands over? Do you know what he's going to war about? Do you know what he will not give up? Do you know what he's entrusted with? Do you know? Do you know? It's you. You. You are the prize. What else could he give? You are what's been entrusted. You are what he's fighting for. He will not give up. He will not relent. He will not stop pursuing you. He will not lose you. Don't lose sight of him. Now is the time to respond to this great God who has come after you. Surrender today. Surrender today. We're at the altar. Come and give up. Let's fight together.